Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, so you're here for week one of a four-week message series called Alter Ego. And I want to give a shout out front here and just let you know that some of the content in this message series is based on a book by Craig Groeschel by the same name. And it's some really, really good stuff that we're going to be covering over the next few weeks. Now, you may look at this and immediately say, is alter misspelled? Okay, actually, that is on purpose, all right? A-L-T-A-R. If you know anything about the Old Testament and history in general, you know that for centuries and centuries, an altar was a place where somebody would lay down or sacrifice something meaningful to God. And if you know what an ego is, an ego is who we think we are. Unfortunately, some of us think a little too highly of ourselves, and some of us think a little too lowly of ourselves. And so the goal in this series is to lay down our ego, who we think we are, at the altar of God, so that we will no longer be who we think we are or who others think we are, but we will become who God says we are. Now, up front here, let me just kind of lay out some of the things that we're going to be laying down at the altar of God over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to lay down our feelings of inadequacy. Okay, we all have feelings of inadequacy, and so we're going to give those to God by faith at his altar. Next week, we're going to lay down our need for control. If you're sitting next to a control freak, go ahead and point to them right now. All right, <clears throat> let's get it out. Because we all have these different urges to control things. It's really a lack of faith. It gets us into trouble. And then in week three, we're going to learn how to lay down our longing for approval. Boy, so many of us are driven by what other people think about us. And the quickest way to forget what God thinks about us is to become consumed with what other people think about us. And then in the final week, this is going to be a good one, we're going to lay down our right to be offended. Yeah, we live in a culture where people feel like it's their right to be offended. Some people even just search for reasons to be offended. Right? We want to be upset because our ego needs that feeling of strength. Okay, so today we're going to talk about laying down our feelings of inadequacy. And I don't know about you, but it's amazing to me how quickly in life I can feel incredibly inadequate. You know, maybe for you, you look at somebody who's financially successful and you're going, what's wrong with me, right? Why do they have all this? Or you drive by a neighborhood of really, really nice homes and you're going, what do these people even do for a living? I mean, I feel so inadequate. I don't measure up, right? Or, or, or maybe, you know, it, it could be that you go over to a friend's house and her house is just perfect, right? You walk in and it smells so good. And you know your house smells like laundry, but her house just smells perfect, right? And, and, you know, the food's always served on time. Her hair and her nails are done just right. And you love her because she's your friend, but you hate her because she looks perfect. Why can't I live up to that? Or maybe you're a student and, and your best friend is smart and popular. You know, you study your buns off, you get B's and C's. They don't study at all. They get straight A's. And you go to the dance alone and, and your friend's got like seven invitations to the stupid dance. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I measure up like her? Or maybe, I don't know if you ever feel this way, you can feel spiritually inadequate. 
right? You're, you're a Christian, and your friend is like super Christian, and you have conversations, and all of a sudden they throw out, you know what? That kind of reminds me of 2 Chronicles 12, 14. And then they quote it. You're like, how do they do that? Is that even a book in the Bible? I don't know. I think so. I'm not sure. You know? Or they pray and their prayers are so fluent. You're like convinced God's up in heaven going, whoa, that was a good prayer. And then they ask you to pray and you're like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to pray. Okay, I'll, I'll pray. You know, it's like uh, rub-a-dub-dub, God bless this grub. Amen. How was that? And you're like, I suck as a Christian. I feel so inadequate. If you feel that way, I totally get it. I totally understand. Yeah, I think for me, I've always felt like I had to prove myself by trying to perform up to some standard because I never felt good enough myself. You know, as a young married man, I don't think I ever felt more inadequate than when I held my firstborn son, Nick, for the very first time, right? He's just a few minutes old, and in my mind, I'm going, ooh, I don't have what it takes here, right? I mean, my wife and I, we, we literally had to give away dogs because we couldn't handle them. And I'm thinking, I have killed every houseplant I've ever touched. This is a human baby here. Just flooded with these feelings of inadequacy. And then you add to that what I do for a living. I mean, from day one, I never felt good enough to be a pastor. I'm not holy enough. I don't know enough. And so I'm overwhelmed by these feelings of inadequacy. You know, why is it that we all battle our egos? Why is it that we battle these feelings of inadequacy? Well, let me lay a quick foundation up front here. And then we're going to take a look at the story of Gideon. And we're going to learn how to lay our ego down at the altar of God and become who God has called us to be. So first, why do we feel inadequate? Well, three quick reasons. There are more. These are my top three. Number one is this. We have received unfair criticism. Somewhere along the line in your life, somebody said to you, you don't measure up. You don't have what it takes. You know, I don't like you. I, I wish I never had you. You're, you're never going to amount to anything. I wish you were more like so-and-so. And all those negative messages have been burned onto the hard drive of your ego. And so whenever you try to do something significant, you hear those old messages replaying. And they tap into that inner me that says, I'm not adequate. I am not capable. A second reason we feel inadequate that a lot of people don't think about is this. We've received unrealistic compliments. Yeah, that can do that to you. Unrealistic compliments. You're the best. You're amazing. No one's as good as you. And inside you're thinking, I'm not that good. You don't know me, right? I'm, I'm not that amazing. And I think we've done a real disservice to the emerging generation I love so much, the now 20-somethings, who we've told, you're good at everything. Right? I mean, back in the day when I was growing up, you actually had to be good at something to win an award. Remember that? I mean, you actually had to win to get a trophy. Nowadays, you just show up and it's like, here's your trophy. You did great, kid. Or, you know, I, we used to have to go through 12 grades to graduate, right? Now they graduate kindergarten. Way to go. You did it. Whoo, that was tough. And so what we're doing is we're telling them, you're amazing. You're the best. And they're going, I don't feel that good. I mean, here's where people think I am. Here's where I think I am. So we've kind of created this whole generation that is paralyzed by the fear of failure. I don't even want to try because if I try, I may not be good enough. You think I'm up here, but I know I'm down here. I feel inadequate. A third reason that's becoming more and more popular 
is this. We've received unwise comparisons. Right, we look around at other people and we're going, well, I, I, I'm not like them. I'm not that smart. I'm not, I'm not that bright. I'm not that good. I, I'm not that attractive. I, I don't have the fruit of the Spirit like all these other people that I see in my life. In fact, I read an article that said social media is now one of the greatest causes of feelings of inadequacy. Yeah, I see you nodding your head. You know why, right? You upload your picture of your peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner, right? <laughs> you look over your friends posting right, with a lobster with their brand new wedding ring right beside it on a beach in Hawaii. And you're going, my life sucks. I don't do these vacations. I mean, I don't have movie star friends. I mean, golly, I'm a loser, right? I, I, I just can't live up to that. You know, I've got 170 followers on Instagram. He's got like 912 See, we compare others' highlight reels with our behind the scenes. We look at everybody else's highlight reels, but we know our own behind the scenes junk, right? So we see our friends with their children, and their children look just so, so perfect. And we know we just yelled at our kids, and their socks don't match, and they're out in public. And, you know, we see them worshiping God like this, and, and we're struggling with internal doubts inside of us. And they look all beautiful and put together, and we don't like things about our appearance, and so we feel so inadequate. And suddenly, our ego starts to tell us what we're not, when God wants to tell us what we are. So let's look today at the story of Gideon. This is Judges 6, 11 to 16. Let's start in verse 11. <clears throat> it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah. Right, she's been around for a really, really long time, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Sat down under the oak and Oprah that belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Okay, press the pause button here. What is Gideon doing? I mean, everybody would know that anybody responsible would thresh wheat somewhere up high so that when they toss it up, the wind will blow the chaff away and only the purest of wheat would remain. And yet Gideon is in a wine press hiding. Why? Well, the bottom line was he was afraid of his enemies, the Midianites. He's trying to keep that wheat for himself. Okay? So he's terrified of the enemy. And this is what the angel says to him in verse 12. This is interesting to me. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. And then what did he call him? He called him a mighty warrior. If I would have been there, I would have told him the truth, right? I would have said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty wuss. You're hiding. You're a punk. You're a scaredy cat. But the Lord saw something in Gideon he didn't even see in himself. Verse 13. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? We're all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Hmm. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God asks. Hmm. Now, in verse 15, we're, we're going to see that when God calls you, empowers you, and leads you to do something, your external enemy will tell you what you're not. And your internal me 
will often replay those negative messages that your ego has just been conditioned to approve and accept. Gideon says this, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. You might say it this way, I'm not talented enough, or I'm not good on stage, or, or I can't sing, or I'm not that bright, or I'm not that godly, you know, you don't know all that I've done. You know, I, I, I don't look like she looks. You know, all these negative inner messages keep telling us why we can't do what God has already told us we can do. Well, in verse 16, the Lord answers with the key to this whole message and says, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. What are we going to do? We're going to lay down our ego at the altar of God so that we won't be what we think we are, what others think we are. We will become who God says we are. Three things you need to know about you from the story of Gideon. The first, if you're taking notes, is this. When your inner me voices all those feelings of insecurity and inadequacy, I want you to remember this. God's view of you is different than you think. God's view of you is different than you think. I promise you that God sees more in you than you see in yourself. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon who is hiding. Everything about his physical actions says, I'm afraid. And the Lord says, I am with you, you mighty warrior. That's what he calls him. God sees more in you than you see in yourself. You know, I've seen this in my own life. For those of you who don't know me very well, I mean, pastoral ministry was the last thing in the world I ever thought that I would be doing. I mean, at the very bottom of my list of realistic career choices were mechanical engineer, NBA superstar, and pastor, right? <laughs> Not necessarily in those orders, right? My wife's always said if there was a book about me, it should be called The Reluctant Pastor. I fought God's calling every step of the way. Why? <laughs> because I was convinced there wasn't a snowball's chance in Hades I could do it. And I was scared spitless to even try. I mean, the first time I taught the Bible in public, I was kind of shaking, about to wet my pants, and that was to a group of four junior high kids. I kid you not. I mean, I look back at that now and I laugh, but it's a testimony to the fact that God sees in us what we and others don't see in ourselves. And I want you to know, for every single one of you in here, God sees more in you. God sees more in you than you see in yourself. Because somebody told you you can't. Somebody told you you won't. The inner me says, well, here are all the reasons you can't do what God's called you to do. God's view of you is different than you think. I love the way it's worded in Ephesians 2.10. You are God's masterpiece. Isn't that good? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you realize that before you were even born, God had a heavenly to-do list just for you? And God created you with everything you need to do everything he's called you to do. God's view of you is different than you think. And also, other people don't even see in you what God sees in you. you know, I love the stories all throughout Scripture. Back in the Old Testament, when everybody else looked at Rahab, what did they see? They saw a prostitute. What did God see? God saw someone whose heart would turn to him, who would one day marry a godly man by the name of Salmon, and through her genealogy would come Jesus, Savior of the world. When others saw a prostitute, God saw divine potential. 
When others looked at David as a child, they just saw a little shepherd boy. God saw something different. God saw a mighty warrior, someone who would slay a giant. When David sinned and fell, as we all do, everybody else saw an adulterer, a murderer. What did God see? A man whose heart sought after him like nothing else. When Peter messed up again and again and again, couldn't seem to get it right, what did Jesus see in Peter? Jesus saw a rock, somebody who would one day be the guest preacher at Pentecost. And I'm here today to tell you that God sees more in you than you see in yourself, more in you than others see. God's view of you is different than you think. Second, God has given you more than you think. Take a look at this. What did God say to Gideon in verse 14? Go take a class and get ready for this calling. Is that what it says? Go enroll in Votech and then you'll be prepared. Go and read the, these books over here. Now, what does God say? Go in the strength you have. What? Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God says, go in the strength you have. Go and use the strength that I've already given you. See, some of you here today, all you hear are those negative inner me messages. I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive enough. Whatever it may be. And I want to tell you today that God has given you more than you think. There's more inside of you. You have everything you need to do everything God has called you to do. You know, I am living proof that God has put more in us than we can ever imagine. And most of the important things that I've accomplished in life, I thought back over this, I didn't think I could do it. Other people told me I couldn't do it. And, and listen to me here, because of the nature of what God has accomplished through me, I know it wasn't me. Trust me, it wasn't me. I know it had to be God gifting me in these areas. In fact, the things I now enjoy more than anything in life, there was a time when I either didn't enjoy them or I wasn't any good at them at all. Reading, preaching, teaching, leading, uh, majoring in Greek, the list just goes on and on and on. I felt so inadequate. I doubted my ability to achieve in so many areas. But let me tell you something. The more I grow, the more I mature, the more I realize, wow, God has given me more potential than I realize. And some of you in here right now, you need to hear this. God has given you so much more than you realize. I love what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us what? Say it with me. Everything we need for life and godliness. Huh. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let me ask you this. Is God holding anything back from you? No, he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. Through what? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It's through our knowledge of him that he's given us all this stuff. Don't you dare believe what somebody else has said about you. Don't you dare believe those negative inner me messages that keep replaying in your mind. God's view of you is different than you think. God's given you more than you think. You say, but, 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 but I, I'm not an onstage kind of person. I'm more of a behind-the-scenes guy. Okay. You know, Jesus said the behind-the-scenes people, those who serve, they're the greatest. You may be the greatest in the kingdom of God. You say, well, I'm not a six-figure guy. I don't earn, you know, six figures in my income. Maybe not, but maybe you're a guy that stays home six nights a week with your children, which is worth far more than what you earn as you invest in their lives. 
You say, well, I, I'm not really good at, at speaking, right? Other people, they just seem to know exactly what to say. You know, I, I'm a good listener, but I really don't know what to say in certain situations. You know, more lives have been changed through a good listener than those who just mouth off. Listening is a gift from God, and your presence can represent God's presence. Don't you dare insult God by talking about what you don't have. He's given you everything you need to accomplish everything he wants you to do. Let that truth sink deep inside of you. God's view of you is different than you think. God's given you more than you think. And number three, you ready for this? It's less about you than you think. Way less. This is what the Lord said to Gideon. The Lord answered, I will be with you. There's the key right there. I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Remember the earlier, the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It was less about Gideon and more about God's power than Gideon realized. Listen to me, when God calls you to do something, it's more about his presence and his strength than it is about your strength. It's less about you than you think. And that's why as a believer, you take your ego, who you think you are, and you lay it down at the altar of God so that you won't be who you wrongly think you are, who others wrongly think you are. You will be who God says you are, who God knows you to be. It's less about you than you think. Now, I told you earlier that for most of my life, I felt totally inadequate at just about everything that I've accomplished. And you know what? Even to this day, I feel inadequate as a pastor. You know why? <laughs> because I am inadequate. I really am. Trust me, I know my own behind the scenes. I am not good enough. But the good news is, it's less about me than I think. So if I have to stay dependent upon God every moment of every day, that's a great place to be. If I remember that God's the one who's gifted me to lead, to shepherd, to counsel, to preach, whatever I'm doing, that's a good thing. If I remember to lean hard on prayer, lots of prayer, each and every moment of each and every day, that's a good thing. If I remember to ask for God's wisdom when I counsel and not lean on my own wisdom, that's a good thing. Inadequacy is a good thing. When the Apostle Paul was praying to God about a struggle in his life, I want you to hear God's response to him. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. <laughs> but he said to me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says this, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. There, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, whenever I feel inadequate, okay, right before a meeting, before preaching, before counseling, whenever it may be, you know what I do? I step into God's presence, into God's power. And I just say, God, I don't have this, but I know you do. So fill me up, use me right now. I'm expecting you to do great things. Amen. And he's always come through because it's really not about me. It's about him. And when I step into his calling, I'm stepping into his grace. I'm stepping into his strength. So I got everything I need to accomplish everything he's called me to do. You've got everything you need to do everything he's called you to do. You say, but I'm not good enough. No, okay, step into his grace. But I'm not smart enough. 
No, step into his power. His power is made perfect in your weakness. But, but I'm not as pretty as she is. Hey, you step into your calling, okay? God's given you something he hasn't given her. God's given you a separate calling. Well, I'm not as adequate as a parent. No, step into his calling. If he calls you, he will equip you. You have everything you need to do everything God's called you to do. Well, I just can't get it all done. Okay? Step into his strength. Let him do it through you. You are not who your inner me says you are. You are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. A masterpiece. His masterpiece as a Christian. Created in Christ Jesus to do good things that he prepared for you a long, long time ago. So let me encourage all of us in here. Take those feelings of inadequacy. Lay them down at the altar of God. Kneel there, sacrifice those to him. And when you get up, stand tall in who you are. Because God's view of you is different than you think. God's given you more than you think. And it's less about you than you think. It's really all about him. Let's pray. Lord, I stand before you. I stand before these people here. And I acknowledge that all throughout my life I have felt inadequate. But my sufficiency has been found in you. And Lord, I know that I have doubted you on so many occasions. I have sold you short. Sometimes it's because I've bought into unfair criticism or sometimes unrealistic compliments, sometimes unwise comparisons. But regardless of the reasons, Lord, I have sold your view of me short. I've let my view of myself, my own ego, get in the way. So God, I pray today for me, for all my brothers and sisters in here, that we would just lay down all those feelings of inadequacy and recognize that your view of us is so different than what we think. That you have given us so, so much more than we even realize. And in the final analysis, it's not about us. It's so much less about us than we think. It's about you using us. It's about you filling us. It's about your strength and your presence being with us. So God, I pray that we would all here today just say no more. No more doubting. No more sitting on the sidelines. No more fear. And we would walk into your calling and trust that whatever we need for life and godliness, you've given it to us. We pray this in Jesus' name.